Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here we go, hour two of the show. Andrew Doak's going to come on in 10 minutes to talk LSU. We'll talk NFL offseason competition committee. Apparently going to change celebration rules in the NFL, and not for the better, at least in my mind. We'll get to that. And Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, he was formally charged with solicitation of prostitution. That story blew up this weekend, and it is an ugly, crazy mess that probably isn't even worthy to be giggled over, considering that this looked like a sex trafficking operation that he was frequenting at this massage parlor. Parlor, Very disturbing stuff. We're talking about Will Wade, too, being issued a notification of summon, uh, subpoena, rather, and he will be subpoenaed for an April 22nd a federal basketball, uh, college basketball corruption trial. I got a lot of play today. We talked about that in hour number one. And um, if you hear it in my voice, I'm just, I've been really disappointed today. I'm just being honest. I've just been really disappointed in the reaction today here. If people want to say, well, there's nothing firm that he did anything wrong, I would actually agree with you there. Because there isn't anything firm that he did, uh, Will Wade did anything wrong here. There is a tape, and reportedly multiple tapes, of him talking to Christian Dawkins, the former agent who was found guilty in October. So that's fine, and I'd be on the same page with you there. But the reaction twofold that either A, well, there's nothing to see here. Why are you even talking about this? Well, that's just flat a really dumb reaction. And two, that, well, everybody does it. So we'll wait and LSU's just playing along. That's a load of nonsense that's piled higher than our building here at 400 Pointers. Because that's just flat not the truth. Jason wants to talk about it in Biloxi. Jason, come on in. Jeff, uh, I gotta, uh, I got to say, I, I, I disagree with you on what you're saying. And, uh, and your premise is, is flawed. Uh, I mean, you're saying that because you've never heard of anything from Villanova or Texas or Gonzaga that they're squeaky clean and there's no issue. But I can I can lay even money that they've broken the rules. I mean, that's just that, – that happens. There's nobody in big-time college basketball, probably more so than football, because these kids sometimes have options where they – you know, with the AAU league – Who's telling you this? Who's with, telling you this? I'm – I can just tell you that it's, it's it's without a doubt the odds are that they have they have committed an infraction that is an infraction or this kind of infraction. Like I I, I probably jaywalked before. I've never killed anybody. Uh, well, that's that's a big that's a big disparity. I'm talking about have they paid a player or they have, have they take done something as a booster done something to influence the player to sign with their team? I guarantee you they have. If it's a rogue like, booster, like Jason, if it was a rogue booster, we wouldn't be talking about this. 
But you're telling me here on national radio, basically, where we reach 38 states, that you have some kind of evidence or some kind of implication that the guys that I was talking about, mainly Jay Wright at Villanova or Mark View at Gonzaga, at the top of my list here, they they're they're involved in this. None of them would. None of them would want you to look behind the curtain. That's I I flat out. Okay, let me ask you this, Jason. I could not disagree with you more on this. I just could not. For example, if we want to talk about Mark Few, let me finish and I'll. Okay, I'm gonna put you on hold because we're not gonna talk over each other here. Mark Few gave an interview, multiple interviews last month, pleading with Mark Emmert and the NCAA to start penalizing schools and coaches. Mark Few says not enough has been done. Mark Few wants this outed and in the spotlight. Mark Few isn't trying to cover anything up. Why would Mark Few be giving interviews that impassioned why would mark few turn down three four million extra dollars a year at these big programs if he concerned about something like that uh, jason i i don't understand why you're just impugning mark few or jay right here trying to say that everybody's dirty when not everybody's dirty i might i might give you i might give you mark few but that's one and maybe what 50 60 70 major programs in the united states so i think that's i think you're i mean you know that's that's I think that's stretching it a little bit, Seth. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, this is not just an isolated issue with the, with the coaches or the programs. This is a culture that's been cultivated in the last 40 or 50 years that has culminated, probably gotten worse in the last 15 years with AAU basketball and in football with seven-on-sevens, where these kids are being told that they have a monetary value and they're going to get paid a monetary value. So they're coming to the table. They're not – no one's having to – to convince them that of this, they're coming to the table with numbers already in their head. Where are they getting them? They're getting them from these agents. They're getting them from these handlers. You know, mm-hmm. this is not, you know, something that's, that's just one-sided. So, yes, I do say, unfortunately, that's the game that's being played, and Mark Emmert plays a part of them because I think he looks the other way a lot. Yeah. But I think the big issue is, is that if you're going to be a coach at a major university and you're going to be credible and you're going to put a team on the court that is that can compete for championships, and I know we'll try to whistle around the, the, the subject and say, well, you know, they're here to help the student-athlete. How many of those kids are, are really honestly there to play to play basketball and be a student-athlete, and how many of them are using it as a vehicle to get to the NBA? Sir, is it is it dirty? Jason, uh, oh, i got to get to other callers. And, and look, I, look it, you are right when you say it's dirty. And there's a lot of people doing what Christian Dawkins was found guilty of doing and these two Adidas executives were found guilty of doing. And assuredly, multiple college basketball head coaches will be implicated in. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that most or a majority or everybody is doing it. It just doesn't. If I look around and I see people doing things the wrong way in life, professionally, I would hope that it's still okay for me to try to implore people to do things the right way. It is possible to win at big-time college basketball. And I'm talking about 
the blue chips of the blue chips, the cream of the crop, the top of college basketball. Maybe something will be proven where one of these guys, and I'm not acting like I know all their personal lives, okay? But what I do know and what I have read and know about Jay Wright at Villanova or Mark Few at Gonzaga, just to name two, or even Mike Krzyzewski, who doesn't seem to be anywhere near this at Duke. You can win while being clean. I am not going to subscribe to the notion that the only way to succeed in this business is to be dirty, break the law, and do things the wrong way. That's not right. And if it is right, then the whole system needs to be blown up. Because one sport, one team, one coach, one player isn't worth the decaying of our moral values here. I, I just do not understand. And I think we're we're agreeing on about, I don't know, most of the stuff that you and I, um, I forget the last caller's name. Is it Jason? Or, uh, is it Jason? Yeah. It's off the screen now. But I think we probably agree. We could probably sit down and have an adult beverage and talk about this stuff, and we would agree on almost everything. It sounds like anyway, because I would agree with pretty much your whole second point there. But to cast wide dispersions, just not true. It's just flat, plain, not true. And I will have it out with anybody who tries to say it is true. And even if I'm wrong, and I'll say it again, even if I'm wrong, and every single Division I college basketball program, from Gonzaga to Duke to LSU to wherever, is involved in this nonsense, in this illegal nonsense, that still, still, still does not make it right. Period. End of story. Can we at least agree on that? Let's go to Joe in Mandeville. Joe, how are you? Hey, real quick. Yeah. What the hell is Mark Emmerich doing? Good question. He's a previous employer of LSU. He needs to recuse himself. Well, yeah, he's okay. a previous employer of University of Washington, LSU. I don't, I don't have a lot of, to be frank, a lot of professional respect for Mark Emmert because I think he cares about, you know, like Roger Goodell is protecting the shield and not actually protecting the integrity of the game and all these sports, Joe. Yeah, that makes two of us. Now, real quick, AAU, they got to find a way to rein this thing in. It all starts with AAU. I mean, come on. Agreed. I know they're not a part of the system, but, you know, they're going to have to find a way to regulate or keep AAU out of it all when it comes to the shoe contract. It's, it's gross, Joe. No, Joe, you're right. Yeah. Let you go. No, you're. it's a great point, Joe. And, again, I don't want to cast wide dispersions about all of AAU. I was involved in AAU. I played in AAU, gosh, for 11 years, something like that on the West Coast. Good people. I never saw any of this mess around me. But most of this stuff comes directly from from AAU and its fingers that expand out from there into college basketball. Text from the 985, there's more breaking rules than not. doesn't make it right, but it is uh, what it is. Text from the 985, you don't have proof that your choir boys are squeaky uh, clean. That's just it. Just you... Uh, Going back to Jason's call, just because you don't – do you need proof that somebody is clean? I mean, it's like saying you need proof that, I don't know, I didn't break law, whatever you want to say. I didn't, like, come on. 
I'm going to still subscribe to the theory that people are innocent until they're proven guilty, even in this dirty sport of college basketball. And I still maintain with Will Wade here, just because he's on a phone saying some things that look pretty bad. You got to have more than that for me. Again, I'm not going to wash it under the table. I'm not going to look the other way at it, but that's still, there's no direct link there that's going to convince me that just from that one call that Will Wade somehow is guilty here. You got to have more than that. Sounds like they do have more than that, though. We'll see. Andrew Doak coming up next year on the last lap. What weird and tangled webs we weaved. Every promise and hope and dream down here sports-wise has been turning to ash the last couple of months. Will Wade and LSU basketball in the middle of it lately. I guess we'll see what happens with LSU baseball. I've been putting on notice here, 7-0. and And there's no controversy surrounding LSU baseball. So one of the, uh, I guess, beacons of hope still shining out there. Andrew Doak of WWL-TV, sports anchor there, friend of the program, joining us now. Andrew, what's going on, man? What, a, what another weird day. It is a weird day. I was uh, I was down on the LSU campus, and I was actually wanting to do like a feature with Will Wade talking about uh, analytics and um, you know for people that don't know like he he doesn't he didn't even play high school basketball mm-hmm. um, doesn't have really much of a basketball background like at all but obviously has found a way to be a great uh, coach so far and wanted to do, do, do this analytics story with him and then like 13 minutes before his availability all of a sudden this Yahoo Sports story drops and he's like okay well change your plans <laughs> right and yeah very Mike Leach by the way you like that reference Leach not playing I don't even yeah. think he played high school football uh, great coach now and Will Wade you're right excellent coach excellent recruiter and now he is caught up in the same mess we heard about in october what's your feelings on this andrew is there's obviously something to see here i don't know how much yet there is to see but we're still finding out a lot about this college corruption case well what we do know so far is is obviously with the the subpoena being uh or at least eventually being sent to him um was what we found out today, and I'm sure you guys kind of covered that in the earlier hour of the show. But at this point, I guess it's important to remember he's not being charged with anything. He's not like the centerpiece of this court case, and really he's not under investigation at all. But it's not good optics um, to be mentioned um, as a um, someone that they want to testify in this case. Uh, because look, the, the the guy that he's tied to, Christian Dawkins, who you know is an aspiring or was an aspiring NBA agent, obviously was tied in with a lot of the corruption um, surrounding you know pay-to-play players in the NCAA. And um, you know, according to the trial in October, there was a defense attorney who you know played that wiretapping that the FBI had of Dawkins and Wade's conversation where. We don't know for a fact, but it sounded like Wade was asking Dawkins, you know, what it would take, or they were discussing what it would take for um, the uh, recruit at the time, uh, Balsa Caprivica, if I'm saying that correctly, um, who ended up at Florida State anyway and and isn't playing at LSU. But, you know, what would it take to get him to play at LSU? And Wade kind of mentioned, you know, uh, basically money was being inferred, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so – Uh, At the end of the day, it's not good optics. And and look, Will Wade is someone who, you know, especially he even came out in October, there's been a lot of scrutiny with his recruiting style 
um, and what all goes into it back to his days at VCU. Um, and so it, it, this isn't just a, a one-time thing, but at the same time, it's, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, will the NCAA feel that way, um, depending on what happens next? Because I know the NCAA is going to be, um, you know, monitor, monitoring this pretty close. But um, what does that mean exactly? I thought the I thought the NCAA was monitoring uh, the Baylor situation pretty close, and we like that was like uh, the silence was deafening from Waco for like forever, and then they gave him a slap on the wrist. So we don't really know what this means right now when it comes to Will Wade. Um, and this um, subpoena that he's uh, has the opportunity to go testify whether or not he wants to or plead the fifth. Um, we'll, we'll see what they do from here. But um, it was, I would say, certainly the mood inside the availability today. It, it was, it was certainly awkward, and he was more reserved, um, knowing that those questions were coming because normally he's kind of a, a talkative guy, pretty jovial, and you know, even sometimes after his availability, he'll hang around for. 20, 30 minutes, and maybe just hang around and shoot in the breeze. That wasn't the case today. You know, as soon as we were done, he got up and left and um, probably didn't want to be talking to many of us today, to be honest with you. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned the inaction by the NCAA in the, the Baylor case with Art Bryles, and there's a similar inaction right now across the NCAA landscape, and a lot of people are pointing their fingers at Mark Emmert. Is is it time that either the NCAA steps up here or steps aside? And I guess maybe Mark Emmert steps up or steps aside, Andrew. Well, I, I think I think when it comes to college basketball, I think that this this whole game has become so corrupt, and it's not it's not just starting at college basketball; it's starting before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's starting with AAU teams, um, and you know these kids are getting are getting paid to be able to play for certain teams. Um, you know, in the eighth and ninth and tenth grade levels and whatnot, we're we're not talking about you know just thousands of dollars. Sometimes we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. They're being approached by agents um, to be able to to link them up to potentially be their agent down the line. Whenever you know they sign an NBA contract, we have you know uh, runners similar to Chris Dawkins, who you know at one point was kind of the middleman with Adidas, who who wants to send guys to certain schools. Because uh, they Andrew, were- hold on. We got a hard break. Hold on right there. Uh, talking to Andrew Doak about the Will Wade news, being notified of a subpoena, the April 22nd FBI and federal college basketball corruption case. Back in 60. Talking to Andrew Doak at WWL TV Channel 4. And, Andrew, you were talking about the NCAA's role in investigating all of this. And um, I know we had to cut you off short there, but uh, continue, man. No, I mean, I, I guess the, the overarching point I think I was making is, it, it, you know, from the high school level through college basketball and then to the NBA, it's become so corrupt at every level, and there's so much money that's being tossed around. And, you know, players now can't, uh, you know, just leave straight out of high school in order to be able to go play in the NBA like they used to. They got to go play one year in college. And now it, there's just so many people who are just mixed up in all of this that the corruption, it just bleeds into every level. And, it's not just an NCAA problem, but it's certainly manifested at the NCAA level. And, you know, look, I don't want to assume that Will Wade did anything wrong because we don't know if he did anything wrong right now. But if he potentially did, I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, not anything that probably anybody else is doing at Adepta College. Um, he obviously is just implicated in this scenario in, in a specific way uh, because of the wiretapping. But, um, and, and that doesn't, you know, justify it or anything like that. But 
uh, college basketball just from top to bottom is, is just a really corrupt sport right now. And I think you have to be able to go beyond the NCAA level to be able to fix that. And I don't think it's just a Mark Emmert problem. I, I mean, I think the NBA and the NCAA need to have more work together to be able to try and get this fixed, especially at the grassroots level, if you can, um, you know, be able to pierce the, the AAU game, because that, that's honestly where the corruption um, really begins. Andrew Joke. All right, let's talk about on-court LSU here for a little bit, even though that's completely overshadowed, uh, overshadowing, I suppose, their win against the top five team, Tennessee, over the weekend without Tremont Waters, with Nas Reed only scoring one point. I think anybody, Andrew, who, who thought that this team couldn't compete with anybody in college basketball, maybe almost anybody in college basketball, I think they were proven uh, wrong yet again on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if you can beat a team like Tennessee um, without Tremont Waters, I don't see any reason why you can't beat any team in the country with Tremont Waters. Um, and, and like you just mentioned right there, I mean, without Nas Reed, uh, essentially, you know, he had a couple of crucial rebounds near the end of the game. Um, but look, including overtime, he had one point, And the one point that he got was off of a free throw, and he actually missed the front end of, of two free throws when they were in the double bonus. I didn't think – after he missed that first free throw, I was like, man, I don't even know if he's going to score a point today because it just was, was not his day. It was that type of day. Um, and obviously foul trouble in the first half got him, got him really out of rhythm because the original plan was to, to go to him once Tre- they found out that Tremont was out for the game. But, yeah, I, I think the problem with LSU is that I honestly could see them making a run to the Final Four, but I could also see them getting bounced in the first round just based on a, a bad matchup. And I think the inconsistency of this team um, is what scares you. And they seem to play up or down to their competition. And um, that that's just – it's a really uneasy feeling. I think that's the best way that I can put it going into any matchup because you just don't know which LSU team that you're going to get. And when I get most frustrated is when they start settling for outside shots because if they run into a good shooting team, LSU's not going to shoot anybody out of the gym. And sometimes I feel like they don't always recognize – their best offense is when they take it to the rack, man. Like Javante Smart and Traymont Waters and Skylar Mays, like those guys, there are not many other defenders out there in the country that can match up with them one-on-one. And they're so athletic in the way they're able to take it to the basket. And their offensive rebounding is such a strength of this team that when they do miss, guys like Nas Reed and Cavell Bigley-Williams and Emmett Williams and Darius Days are there to be able to clean up the glass. And, and that's when I think they're at their back. Uh, it's, it's such a fun team to watch. I wish it wasn't overshadowed right now by um, the news of the day with Will Wade, but it's an incredible yeah. season on the court uh, for LSU. All right, toughest question of the day, Andrew. Uh, you went to Texas Tech. Texas Tech is number 11. Uh, I went to uh, up in Spokane. Gonzaga yeah. was my team from birth, and uh-huh. then we were, you know, we're here, and we love LSU now. Uh, rank those teams one through three. Who's best? Who's on <laughs> that? Um, look, I, well, I, let's put Gonzaga first. I mean, I think Gonzaga they, they, <laughs> they have a, a long enough of a track track record to be able to be number one. I mean, they've won a national title. They've they're consistently get to the final four. So, look, let's put Gonzaga one. I'll put look, I'll put Tech two, but. To be honest, you know, LSU or Texas Tech on a given night could flip-flop. I, I just think this week you saw what they did uh, if you watched the game against Kansas. I mean, they absolutely murdered Kansas. Um, and, and Tech has a, a lottery pick in Jarrett Culver, um, who's also a pretty good player as well that, that really leads that team. But LSU is just as talented uh, as, you know, a team like Texas Tech. But 
this particular week, just because LSU lost to Florida, I think people kind of forget that when they look at the rankings and say, man, I can't believe it. LSU didn't fly up the rankings. It's like, yeah, well, they also lost to a mediocre Florida team. So um, this particular week, that's why uh, – I think they just, you know, stood pat at 13. Yeah, you know, it's, it's well answered there. By the way, I think all three of those teams are going to make deep runs into the NCAA tournament. I think uh, they're all fabulous teams that are built to win uh, in March. Uh, finally here, Andrew, we were texting back and forth. i got to ask you about the competition committee um, and reports today that they are, and the headline was, they're going to look at the celebration rules and keeping guys off the sideline and of course we had Stephen Jones and John Elway and a couple of other anonymous sources on that competition committee saying yeah we're not going to do anything with the pass interference rules or replay because there's nothing to see here after the no call (laughs) what do you you make of all this well okay when it comes to um, when it comes to the celebrations like I get that they don't want like the people who are on the sideline <laughs> to run down to the opposite end zone. Like maybe I'm right. the Debbie Downer there, but like I kind of understand that. When it comes to just like the 11 guys that you got on the field, like I think they seem to be okay with that, right? Like I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> even though I mean I think the Saints would probably be more upset than anything that people like copied their move and that it kind of took over the league. But um, as far as what John Elway and all of them think about like the pat- no no call pass interference and whatnot. Um, I don't really value that opinion at all. And to be honest with you, I talked to Delvin Pro recently. Like, he told me up in the uh, CFL, like, they have the ability to be able to replay, you know, no calls like that. Like, they have an extra challenge flag for plays like that specifically to be able to review uh, one, um, you know, no call during a game, which actually makes sense. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, they have, that in, the AA- they have that in the AAF too, right, Andrew? I think the CFL and AAF are both doing that. <laughs> the NFL is acting like it can I never happen. Well, I, I'll have to look up the AAF rule. I, I, I haven't been on board with the AAF too much. I mean, I, I, I know people say, like, I'll watch any kind of football, but, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think when it comes to, like, college and NFL, like, I'm kind of, like, I'm tired out. I know I know Trent Richardson might dominate the AAF, oh. but I've watched him in the NFL, and he's not any good anymore, okay? <laughs> Trent 3.0, right. Yeah, man, right. Yeah. Andrew Doak, WWL-TV uh, sports anchor and reporter. Andrew, it's always a pleasure, my man. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it, man. All right. There he goes. All the insights. Will Wade, LSU, college hoops, college basketball, NFL competition committee. Did it all. All right. We're going to take a break when we come back. Let's try to move on from Will Wade. And I want to talk about Robert Kraft because we were going to open the show talking Robert Kraft being charged with solicitation of a prostitute. He is the Patriots owner. This is a disgusting, disturbing story that yet again involves guess who? The New England Patriots. Oh, my. We'll talk about that next. I'm Seth Dunlap. Logan's here, also behind the glass. It's the last lap on WWL. Pelican show, a lot of fight and grit, almost completing a comeback in the fourth quarter against the Sixers, but they lose 111-110, and that comeback from 12 points down entering the fourth quarter, it happens with Anthony Davis sitting on the bench. Once again, they played better with Anthony Davis on the bench tonight. That is not a coincidence nor a surprise. Good fight by the guys, though, tonight. Uh, out there, 80 to give you 21 minutes in the first three quarters. They got to look at a lot of the young guys. Drew Holiday, they said they were going to reduce his minutes. They didn't today. 34 minutes, 22 points, 19 for Randall. AD did have 18 points. Diallo with eight points off the bench, and they played 11 guys. Only uh, Solomon Hill and Tim Frazier 
did not play. Also, the Lakers lose again. Cue the applause, the eye rolls, and the laughs. Lakers lose to the lowly Memphis Grizzlies 110-105. to Lakers three games now back of a playoff spot with 22 games to play, two games under 500. LeBron James, 24 points on 8 of 23 shooting in 40 minutes. King, King James uh, still having a bit of a rough time returning from that injury earlier in this season. Let's talk about Robert Kraft, folks, because, boy, this was an ugly situation. If you missed it over the weekend, I think this was on Friday, um, but over the weekend, Robert Kraft, we found out that he was going to be charged on two counts of first-degree solicitation of prostitution, and the indictment and charge says that Kraft visited a Florida massage parlor for sex acts on the morning of the AFC championship game, the day of the AFC championship game. So he did this and then flew up to Kansas City to watch the Patriots and Chiefs play. Now, this is all according to documents that were released by the Palm Beach State Attorney's Office earlier today. It was the second visit by Robert Kraft to that same massage parlor in less than a day he was videotaped both times and i'm just reading here he was videotaped receiving oral and manual sex from a woman at the spa in jupiter florida officials say he gave her a 100 dollars bill and another bill before leaving that day he's charged with two misdemeanor counts of first degree solicitation so a lot of high-profile men involved in this. Another guy, a former Citigroup president, John Havens, was also at this Orchard, uh, Orchids of Asia spa. Now, authorities were investigating this parlor for months and then installed cameras after judges issued warrants allowing them to do that, secret cameras inside the spas to record what transpired. That's how they have Robert Kraft uh, on camera here. The really, really disturbing side of this is the women that were working, and I use that term loosely, working, they were forced into basically sex slavery here. The allegations say that the women were living in the spas and were not allowed to leave Without an escort. Basically, sex slavery. The NFL said today in a statement that its personal conduct policy, quote, applies equally to everyone in the NFL, and it will handle this allegation in the same way that we would handle any other issue under the policy, end quote there. This is... This is disturbing. This is... What we all hear about, you know, every time around the Super Bowl, we hear about the sex trafficking and the, the really the dark, dirty side that these big-time sporting events bring. We hear about it, we talk about it, and then we usually just kind of look the other way because nobody that we know is involved in any of this, even though all the reports are telling us and everything we hear that this goes on and it's really bad. This wasn't at the Super Bowl, but you have the Super Bowl-winning owner involved in this so now you have spygate that his coach was involved in you had deflate gate the quarterback was involved in and now you have massage gate that their owner is involved in 
This is about as bad as it comes. I don't know what will come to light of this. Other, it's, They only had enough tape and evidence to charge him with misdemeanor solicitation, not charging him with sex trafficking or anything like that, Robert Kraft. But when you have powerful men, powerful owners in sports involved in something like this, when they know, let's be honest here, they have to know. You just got to know in this world that you go to a place like that and you see these girls that aren't allowed to leave. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I would not be surprised at all to see Robert Kraft suspended for a very long time. Heck, he might even get issued some kind of sort of season suspension, season-long suspension for this. Isn't it kind of weird how this how this works? I am going to be interested to see how this watches this play out. David Onyemata, his house was raided by the JPSO a couple of weeks ago for minor pot possession. I get all the stories of it. We had Joe Pinto on the program. He said they didn't have a choice, but still it happened. They raided the guy's house. He's going to be suspended. He's been made look like a complete bad guy in this. And now you had people up in Boston and a lot of people inside the league offices probably kind of laughing at this and saying, well, no big deal. I will wait and see how they treat Robert Kraft compared to some of the other players who have been suspended over the years. This really isn't that funny, not considering what these women were forced to do. So congratulations to the Patriots for being front and center once again. Text from the 985 Booty Gate. Something like that. Whatever gate you want to throw at it here. All right, 504-260-1870. That's the phone number you want to talk about, Robert Kraft, LSU. It's now open lines for the rest of the show. 504-260-1870, text line 87870. Give us a call. I'm Seth Dunlap. It's the last lap on WWL. Got some good texts coming in here. Text from the 985, worth $6 billion. Wouldn't have been smarter just to contact Heidi Fleiss. Talking about Robert Kraft here. Here's a text from the 985. So a 70-something-year-old billionaire paid a whole $100 uh, for what happened. I'm supposed to care. Why? Uh, because it's illegal, because it's the owner of the Patriots, and because it's not just that. These women were forced. you got to read the whole story. Like, Don't just take my word for it. Go read it on your own. But the indictments are saying here, and they're not – this they're not indicting Robert Kraft for this, nor are they saying that he necessarily knew about this. Frankly, you should. These women were forced into sex servitude. They weren't allowed to leave the building without an escort that would bring them right back for fear that they would run away. I mean, this is as ugly as it gets. You've heard of these places, massage parlor parlors. We see their bust every once in a while here in the greater New Orleans area or whatever city you live in. You probably see these busts every once in a while. This is not good stuff. I mean, it just isn't. I'm pretty libertarian. And this, I should say, let me make sure I'm sure clear there. I, I am a libertarian when it comes to stuff like this in that if it was legalized, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. It's not necessarily that. It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do know. I do know. But it, we're acting like it's okay if Robert Kraft does this, but 
I'm not saying we. I don't want to put it on you if you're listening out there. It's just like we make this huge deal in the media about, well, David Onyemata charged with marijuana use. Josh Gordon, well, he smoked another doobie, suspend him for a year. Robert Kraft goes into a sex club and uh, no big deal. Well, I shouldn't say that. Most of the media is making a big deal out of this, which it should be. What's that, uh, Logan? Come on in here. What would you say? Logan Falgu behind the glass. Well, I, was, uh, I, I, just, I said into your ear, Nevada. Oh, legalized, that, yeah. Yes, being that the state that it's legalized in. Uh, in response to the uh, texter who texted in, I mean, like, if he really wanted to, he could have just taken a trip to Nevada where it's legalized. Well, he's got a private plane. It's exactly. not that far from Kansas City to Vegas. Y- you know, like, like take, take the proper steps to do it legally if you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, here's a text from the 504. Hey, it's the oldest profession. Kraft didn't organize the operation. Come on, man. No, I look, I agree with that, but... Uh, you hear these stories about uh, sex trafficking all around the Super Bowl, leading up to the Super Bowl in clubs like this. I mean, the stories are there. He's an NFL owner. You got to be above this. He's not you or me or anybody else. Do I think it's a you know a death penalty kind of offense? No, of course not. I lived in Vegas for a year. I did not do any of this stuff. I had friends who did legally. I did not. That's that's the God's honest truth. Swear to you, I've never done anything like that. I did not judge them for doing that at all. If this was legal in Vegas, where it is legal, probably wouldn't judge him. I'm really not judging him, other than the fact that when when you look at the details of the story, when they're just forced to stay there, it's kind of gross. And let's be honest here. The fact that it's the Patriots, would we have really expected this from any other owner? Yeah, maybe we would have. Maybe Jim Irsay or something like that, with what he's been involved in. What's there? I'm just reporting the news. I'm reporting the story. If you can hear in my voice, you know when I'm really, really fired up about something and I'm really, really not. I'm not hugely fired up about this other than it's just not a good look and it comes from the Patriots again. (laughs) Of course, it comes from the Patriots. Let's go to Bill in Slidell who calls in here. Bill, what's going on? Hey, doing good, doing good. I got just a quick question for you for tonight and everything. I just come from the game uh, a few minutes ago and everything. Yeah, good fourth quarter. I got to wait. Yeah, I got a weird question for you. So, well, obviously, we're going to trade AD and try to get as much, maximize as much as what we can get for him. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, that makes sense, okay? But my question, which is kind of weird, is with the team, I know we're not quite on quite core on tanking. Mm-hmm. As well as we're playing when he's not actually in there, does that actually hurt his trade value in terms of how important he is to the team? And I'll hang up and listen to you. Yeah, no, it well, look, no, just blanket answer to your question there. No, does not hurt his trade value one bit. I think what this does show, Bill, and they're humans. Everybody who plays on that team, all of his teammates are human. When you have a guy in your workplace who says, I don't want to play with you anymore, I'm better than you, I want out of here, nobody's going to want to work with that guy again. You can just see it in their body language and the way they play with Anthony Davis out there. None of those guys, regardless of how they might like Anthony Davis off the court, none of those guys seem like they want to play with AD anymore. They're better off without him on the court. And you are right. They are a better team. Look what happened in the fourth quarter tonight. Glad you went out to the Pelicans. Keep supporting them, Bill. Uh, we will take a break. Coming back next hour, we will talk 
about this Will Wade report again. Dan Wetzel broke the story for Yahoo Sports. He was on Sports Talk earlier tonight. We'll have that interview. We'll talk Overwatch League's sports libs, the weekend of sports that was complete, and your phone calls and texts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 